I'll start off with Matthew chapter 13, verses 55, and then we'll go to easy peasy, help you with your Bible reading plan. We'll start in Luke 1 and 2 and Matthew 2 right after that. Then you've got that covered already. You can mark it off and you're done. First chapter is gone. Matthew 13, 55, it says, is this the carpenter's son? Isn't his mother's name Mary? Aren't his brothers James, Joseph, Simon, and Judas? Aren't all his sisters with us? Where then did this man get all these things? And they took offense at him. But Jesus said to them, a prophet is not without honor except in his own hometown. And he did not do many miracles there because of their lack of faith. They wanted to see him as a carpenter, not as Jesus, the son of God. They wanted to see him as um, Mary's son, Joseph's son, James's brother, Joseph, Simon, Judas. He, they wanted to see him as one of their friends' as brother. They were more comfortable with seeing him as one of them than seeing him as God. That familiarity removed his ability. It, it didn't remove his ability. It removed their ability to receive a miracle from him. He did not do many miracles there because of their lack of faith, not his. He wasn't limited. They were limited. They were limited in their perception because they were more comfortable with the way they saw the world. They knew him as Mary's son, Joseph's son. They, they knew him as <clears throat> James, Joseph, and Simon, Judas's brother. And that was their limitation. So let's jump to, we'll start <clears throat> in Luke. Matthew, Mark, Luke. There was in the days of Herod, the king of Judah, a certain priest named Zecharias of the division of Abijah. His wife was the daughters of Aaron and her name was Elizabeth. And they were both righteous before God, walking in the commandments of the, and the ordinances of the Lord, blameless. But they had no child because Elizabeth was barren. And they were both well advanced in years. And so it was that while he was serving as a priest before God in the order of his division, according to the customs of the priesthood, his lot fell to burn incense. And when he went into the temple of the Lord and the whole multitude of the people was praying outside at the hour of incense, an angel of the Lord appeared to him standing at the right side of the altar of incense. And when Zacharias saw him, he was troubled and fear fell upon him. And the angel said to him, do not be afraid, Zacharias, for your prayers have been heard. Your wife, Elizabeth, will bear you a son, and you shall call his name John. You will have joy and gladness, and many will rejoice at his birth, for he will be great in the sight of the Lord, and he shall drink neither wine nor strong drink. He will also be filled with the Holy Spirit, even from his mother's womb. Now, at that time, Zechariah did not really understand what was said to him. He didn't believe it. And the angel said to him, you will be a mute until the day that the child is born. And the child was born. And when the child was born, he could finally speak. So we have our first two characters in this nativity story of Jesus, the, the, the pretext to the event of Jesus Christ's birth. You have Mary and you, have, not Mary, Elizabeth and her husband, Zechariah. 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 You have Mary and you have Zechariah. And Zechariah is the one that has an angel 
come to him and say to him, you will have a son his, and the son will be born. And now Elizabeth is, is, is old already. They are at, in advanced years, barren. She can't have children. She doesn't have any children. She's old, so the chances of having children is, is now past. And this angel says to Zechariah, you will have a son. So the first two characters. And the son is a significant boy. His name is John. This John, he, he is predestined to be Jesus' forerunner. He is the one that will announce and, and make straight the way of him that is coming. He is the one that is supposed to identify Jesus as the Lamb. So we have two people in the story, family, uh, Elizabeth and Zechariah. So we jump, <clears throat> we jump to verse 26. Now in the sixth month of the angel Gabriel, now in the sixth, sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to the city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph in the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary. So it tells me, first of all, to our cultural context, that being engaged is not yet a license to engage. <laughs> so while being engaged, she was not engaged. <clears throat> the virgin, during engagement, Name was Mary, and having come, into, uh, come in, the angel said to her, Rejoice, highly favored one. The Lord is with you. Blessed are you amongst women. But when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying and considered what manner of greeting this was. Then the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son, and he shall call his name Jesus. Now, we have our next character in the story which is Mary, a young girl, engaged. I don't know if you are, some of you are younger and older, so we have a mixed match in this room tonight, uh, this morning. If you're engaged, you really don't know yet. Your biggest concern is where you're going to get money for that dress that you've dreamt about for the last couple of years. That's the biggest expense you worry about in your life. Uh, when you are still young, you can't consider much in life yet as trouble to come. And shall, so this young child is Mary. And in and, and the sixth month, the angel Gabriel. So we have, we have Elizabeth and Zechariah. So many names I have to remember. Help me. Zechariah and Elizabeth have an angel appear to Zechariah and so also to Elizabeth to talk to them about this child that will be born to them called John. It's an angel that announces a season is upon them. That's an amazing thing. How many of you would, would, would struggle with a decision if God could send an angel every time you had to make a decision? Should I buy the car? Moment later, an angel appears in your house. Yes, buy the red one. <laughs> how, how easy would life be? But here you have Elizabeth and she has an angel appear to her. Now you have Mary and none other than Gabriel. I mean, you, we, we have weird and wonderful people in Christian communities talking about how you can send your angel and call your angel. But I think if Angel Gabriel rocks up, that's quite the guy. That's, that's the one. Gabriel rocks up. He speaks to, to Mary. He says to Mary, you are highly favored and blessed and you'll have a child. So Mary says to the angel, how can this be since I don't know man? 
don't know a man. And the angel answered and said to her, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the highest will overshadow you. Therefore also the Holy One who is to be born will be called the Son of God. Now indeed, Elizabeth, your relative, has also conceived a son in her old age. And this is now the sixth month of her who was called barren. For with God, nothing will be impossible. Then Mary said, Behold the maidservant, uh, maidservant of the Lord, let it be done to me accordingly. Now Mary arose in those days and went into the hill country with haste to the city of Judah and entered the house of Zacharias and greeted Elizabeth. And it happened when Elizabeth heard the greeting of Mary that the babe leaped in her womb, not the fetus leaped, the babe. Blessed Mary and the babe leaped in her womb and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. Remember the previous one, the angel said to Zechariah, when this child is born, he will be filled with the Holy Spirit even from a young age. He is in the womb of his mother. Jesus walks into the room. The next character in our story is John. So we have Elizabeth, Zechariah, an angel tells them. You have Mary, Gabriel tells her. You have John, didn't see an angel. No angel told him. He has no sight has no ears to hear yet. He's in the womb. His hearing is not active. He is in the womb without sight and without hearing and without intelligence. He has not learned how to write, read, understand, interpret. He has not been taught the world. He has not touched, felt, experienced anything. And yet he discerns Jesus. Jesus is in the womb of his mother. And John doesn't have an angel tell him. He doesn't have sight to reveal. He doesn't have ears to hear. He doesn't have understanding to understand. He merely has the Spirit of God do something in him. It's an amazing thing that Jesus walks into the room and while in his mother's womb, this baby leaps for the Messiah is in the room. I think the story would end there. We move along. And so Mary says, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. But why is this granted to me, that the mother of my Lord should come to me? Now the angel told Mary that Mary will have a child, uh, 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 Elizabeth. Elizabeth, you will have a child, and you will call him John. She said nothing about Jesus. The angel said nothing to Elizabeth about the, the Jesus baby that will be born to Mary. How is it that when Mary walks into the room with Elizabeth, who had the angelic visitation to announce her baby being born called John, nothing was said of Jesus. How is it that when Jesus walks a virgin, a young girl, I would submit maybe a teenager, in that culture possible, Mary walks into the room. You can't see. She is not Mary. Imagine the turmoil, the, the, the communication in the family. That this, this girl is still a virgin but pregnant. Walks in the room. Elizabeth dealing with her own miracle. Old age. Barren for her entire lifetime. Her husband was a mute for many years, uh, for many months now. It doesn't take years to have a baby. Many months now. Walks in the room and she says, how blessed am I to be visited by the mother 
of our Lord. Watch what she says. Let me read it again. Um, Blessed are you among women. Blessed is the fruit of your womb. But why is it granted to me that the mother of my Lord should come to me? For indeed, as soon as the voice of your greeting sounded in my ears, the babe leaped in my womb for joy. Blessed is, the, is she who believed, for there will be a fulfillment of those things which were told her from the Lord. Now, there is, there is a way that she receives from what God is doing in her life without being apprehensive. The reason I'm giving you these various characters is because I want you to step into their shoes and ask yourself, how do you receive Jesus? Do you receive him? How was Jesus announced in our lives? And how does Jesus announce things and changes and moves in our lives? Sometimes he comes by an angel. Sometimes he comes in a person walking into a room. And sometimes our familiarity, because we can't recognize Jesus, read with our understanding and our natural sight and our natural hearing that this is a person that might be someone's brother someone's child, just a carpenter. And we miss the divine connection that God is making in that person to our lives. And God sometimes cannot do miracles in our lives because we insist on seeing the world the way we see it. Does that make sense? All of them had to see Jesus in a different way. We jump to, we jump to chapter number two of Matthew. Matthew is backwards from Luke. Matthew chapter number two. And here we have now after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judah in the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem saying, where is he who was, has been born king of the Jews? For we have seen his star in the east and we have come to worship him. Let me read that whole sentence to you again. Now after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judah in the days of Herod the king, in the days of Herod the king, Herod is in, we'll go back to, to Luke 2 now, but Herod submits to Caesar Augustus. You have Caesar. These are the days of Caesar Augustus. He is the emperor of Rome, and Herod is the king of the territory of Judea. And so King Herod is an appointed king. Although he is king, he is still subject to, king, uh, to Caesar. And so this king, that's why it tells us exactly where this thing is taking place. So it says, Now in the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men from the east. These are not Jewish men. These are Gentiles. Wise men from the east came to Jerusalem saying, other translations calls them the Magi. Mag Magi. I don't know how, how to pronounce that, but Magi. Magi is a type of uh, priesthood. I wrote it down. Let me see if I can pronounce the words correctly, it's a hereditary, originally in the beginning of the Magi, it was a hereditary priesthood in the Zoroastrian religion, which was based on the teaching of the prophet Zoroaster. So I don't know what that is, but the symbolic meaning here is the visit of the Magi is um, the recognition of Jesus as the Messiah by the Gentile non-Jewish nations. So the fact that the Magi recognizes Jesus as king speaks of the future fulfillment where Gentile people will recognize Jesus as king by choice. Now watching the story, what happens, how it plays out. It says, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem saying, where is he who has been born king of the Jews? 
For how did they hear? How did this Magi, these wise men, how did they hear? For we have seen his star in the east and we have come to worship him. We have seen his star in the east and we have come to worship him. There was no angel to tell the wise men that Jesus was born. There was no angel. There was like Elizabeth had an angel, Mary had Gabriel, John had the Holy Spirit, but these wise men interpreted the signs of the times. They used their, their ability to interpret signs in the sky as to spiritual events. They had no one to say to them, a child is born. And yet with reading of the stars, they had to make an interpretation of what they saw. They said, for we have seen his star in the east and we have come to worship him. When King Herod heard this, he was troubled at all Jerusalem with him. When he had gathered all the chief priests and the scribes of the people together, he inquired of them, where is this Christ that was to be born? So they said to him, in Bethlehem of Judah, for thus is written the prophet. But in you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are not the least among the rulers of Judah. For out of you shall come a ruler who will shepherd my people. When Herod, when he had heard secretly, called the wise men, determined from them the time the star appeared, and he sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search carefully for the young child. And when you have found him, bring, bring word to me that I may come and worship him also. So we have the wise men who heard, but not through a prophet, not through a priest, not through, not through an angel, but through stars. You have King Herod. King Herod hears the same story. He doesn't hear it from the stars. He doesn't hear it from an angel. He doesn't get it from prophets. He hears it from wise men. Everybody gets to hear about Jesus, but we all get to hear in different ways. In what way are we missing Jesus, not liking the way? And all of them hears. King Herod heard. He pretends to want to worship now that he has heard. But what he has heard disturbs him more than it brings joy to him. Sometimes what you hear confuses you. Sometimes what you hear disturbs you. Sometimes what you hear is in conflict with your perception and understanding and conviction. But what if you're wrong? And King Herod didn't like what he was hearing because what he was hearing was a threat to his established order, his established way of life. It was a threat to his comforts. He doesn't like it. He pretends to want to worship, but in fact, he has murderous intent. He wants to take out that which is a threat to him. Now it goes on to say, then when Herod saw that it was deceived by the, uh, here's the, the flight into Egypt. Now when they had departed, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to, uh, where, where are they? When they heard the king, they departed, and behold, the star which they had seen in the east went before them till it came and stood over the way the young child was. When they saw the star, they rejoiced with exceedingly great joy. And when they had come into the house, they saw the young child with his mother and fell down and worshipped him. Remember, faith is not transferred in the method. None of them heard by an angel. They saw a sign and believed. And they fell down. Wise men fell down. And they fell down and worshipped him. The Bible says, 
here that wise men willingly bowed their knee. Revelation says in the end of time, all knees will bow, willingly or unwillingly. I want to be in the group that bows my knee willingly. There will be a group that has no choice. I want to be in the group of the wise men. And worshipped him, and when they had opened their treasures, they granted him gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Gold speaks of his kingly position. Myrrh speaks of, um, I can't remember. Frankincense, myrrh, myrrh speaks of his humanity. Frankincense speaks of, I can't remember. For the life of me, I have a blank. Then being divinely warned in a dream they should not return to Herod, they parted from their own wise, the, uh, country in another way. These wise men are wise in the fact that they don't return by, via Herod. They bow their knees. They give him these treasures and they leave. They worship him. This is a sign of their conviction having heard this way. But there's yet more. Let's jump to Luke chapter number 2. Luke chapter number 2. And it came to pass in those days that a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. This census first took place in Quirinius when Quirinius was governing Syria. So all went to be registered, everyone to his city. Joseph also went up from Galilee out of the city of Nazareth into Judea into the city of David, which is called Bethlehem because he was of the house and the lineage of David. So to be registered with Mary, his betrothed wife, wife who was with child. So it was that while they were there, the days were completed for her to be delivered. And so she brought forth her firstborn son, wrapped him in swaddling cloths, laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. Now there were in the same country shepherds living out in the field, keeping watch over the flock by night. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them. Now watch this, the angel of the Lord stood in front of them. Who, who are they? They are the shepherds. In those day and age, the shepherds were the ones that did the lowest of work. Shepherds weren't the high esteemed positions that someone can fill. Being a shepherd was a position that nobody wanted to do. This was for the lowest uh, class of people. These were uh, people that, that would roam around with the sheep. So they weren't high, highly esteemed politicians or uh, Pharisees or religious people, they were the shepherds looking after the sheep by night, looking for pasture where the, where the sheep could graze. And, and as they were looking after the sheep, some would say it was by the gate of, uh, what, is the, what is the word? Ed, uh, uh, let me rather say it, Migdal Eder, which is the tower of the flock that was on the way to Bethlehem, or to Jerusalem at least. Now the sheep, some would suggest from Jewish writings, that this tower was where the sheep was kept that would be used in the slaughter of sacrifices at the temple of Jerusalem. So there's significance in the fact that they are watching over sheep that will be used in the sacrifice for the cleansing of sins in the temple of Jerusalem. And it is announced to them by an angel that Jesus has arrived. Who is the lamb? That will be sacrificed once for all the sin of all people. But nevertheless, this is not the wise men who saw by a sign. These are mere shepherd out of all the classes, possibly the lowest. 
He says, keeping watch over the flock by night, and behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them. And they were greatly afraid. Then the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring to you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign to you. You will find a babe wrapped in swaddling cloths, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill towards men. Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace and goodwill. So these shepherds are standing there, and an angel appears to them and says, To you is born a Savior, a King, called Jesus. He is laying as a babe in swaddling cloths in a manger. And while these angels are saying it, heavenly hosts appears around them. And a choir of heaven begins to praise God, singing the songs, glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace and goodwill towards men. These angels were worshiping God and these shepherds are watching this. So you have so many characters in the story to whom Jesus is revealed. John without sight, Mary by an angel, an uh, angel called Gabriel, Elizabeth and, and, and her husband by virtue of the child that is in their lives and the angel that announced that child. How did Elizabeth and, 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 and Zechariah know? How did they know? By virtue of the child that was in her womb and his reaction to his calling, Jesus, the, the Lamb of God. You have the wise men who saw stars in the sky. You have these shepherds who sees how, how is it that the lowest of the class stands in a whole display. Like we have a natural uh, group of people just coming in here and we do our very best to do a performance. Imagine heaven puts a choir together to announce the birth of a son called Jesus, the son of God. And all of these people have a choice to make. Will I believe? It doesn't matter how you hear, it doesn't matter how the revelation comes to you. What matters more is not the quality of the message, how it comes to you. Be it a star in the sky, an angelic host, the choir of heaven, or a child that has a leap in your womb. What matters is your response to this message. Wise men decided to bow their knee. A violent king decided to send out a decree to kill all the children. Are you running? Are you drawing close to him? The fact remains, on that day, a child was born. His name was Jesus, the Messiah, the Christ, the sent one, the one lamb. Sometimes we should just travel around the corner to our local church. They travel a great distance. And when they arrived at this place where this child was, do you think he got the gold or his parents? Who spent the gold? There was an offering. There was a sacrifice. It cost these wise men something. Their lives were under threat because the murderous King Herod inquired of them. And a wrong choice could have led to their own death and demise. But they chose to pursue Christ under threat. Even so, Mary and Joseph had to travel from place to place as they were moved from threat to threat while Jesus was still a child. Yet they had to do it for the cause and the call of Jesus to be born in their house. 
And yet she considered herself with all the troubles around her highly blessed and highly favored. And so Mary, the aunt of Mary, uh, uh, Elizabeth, the aunt of Mary, having given birth to a child that the, that the word calls blessed, is a child that ate grasshoppers, wore camel skin, lived in a desert place and baptized people. People weren't a fan of their child, yet God calls them blessed. All of these things asks us this question. How do we choose to respond to the message of Jesus? As wise men or as foolish people? Do we shun it? Do we resist it? Do we argue it away? Do we find things to keep us busy and distract our minds? Or do we, do we draw close to the one given, the only one given, the only one needed, Jesus our Lord? Let's close our eyes. Father, I pray. Thank you that we could hear the message of the gospel. Some heard it from a family member. Some heard it preached from a pulpit. Some heard it through the signs that they interpreted as they paid attention to what is happening around them. Some had no choice but to grab a Bible in the most darkest moment. However we heard, I pray God with your Holy Spirit, give us the capacity to respond by faith to that message. That message is a call to unity under this banner called the Christ. All glory on earth and in heaven belongs to Him. He is the focus of our worship. He is the direction of our attention. He is the intent of our movement. He is the center of our being. It's to Him and for Him and from Him that all things exist. Jesus, our God, our Lord, you have our hearts, you have our minds, and you have our hands and our feet. Let our lives be according to your scripture. Do all things as unto the Lord. Whatever we do, whatever we touch, wherever we walk, let it be as unto the Lord. In Jesus' mighty name, amen and amen.